Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Okay, welcome to this might be a podcast, the song by song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants. I am your host, Greg Simpson, and I am live in the studio with, you know, since COVID is over, nothing could possibly go wrong. (laughs) Two Gregs, one podcast. It's Greg Lindbergh, local man, ruins everything to talk about your racist friend off of a little album called flood this is where the party ends i can't stand here listening to you and your racist This is where the party ends I just sit here wondering how you Stand by your racist friend I know politics bore you But I feel like a hypocrite talking to you You and your racist friend Gregory! Hey! Your racist friend. You are. Yeah. <laughs> I welcome my racist friend. <laughs> Not the song I'm talking about, my friend uh, Brian, today. <laughs> hey, let's take a picture. I almost forgot. Live in the studio. Live. <gasps> my hair is crazy, as always. Um, did I forget my own drink? Fuck. Okay, um, I'm going to rub. I'm just going to That's keep, okay. Keep rolling. Yeah, I'll just do a little Garth <laughs> thing. Yeah, everything's fine. Everything's great. Maybe a fun game would be to guess what type of drink Greg is going to drink. Would be water, soda. Um, those are the only two drinks that I know of. Um, but yeah, it's great to be here in the studio. It's it's great to record in person. We're off to a good start. Yeah, so we <laughs> let's see what he got. <laughs> Ice coffee and Ice water. coffee, wow. I've never I I could only think of water and soda. Those were the only two things I could think of. <laughs> Beverages. <laughs> the in only the two world. drinks I knew of yet. I mean, it is almost noon, so you know, we could crack open a few brewskis. Yeah, I could go for a dirty chai. Which for me Oh god, yeah, from Star City. Mm, yeah, that, I love that. Today I went to Eleventh House to pick up the Doppel Populous money. 
got one of their weird lattes for me and Cara, <laughs> and then right across the lot to Smitty's <laughs> to get croissants. I love <laughs> nice. it. They got some kick-ass croissants in Spain, but they don't do almond croissants. Really? That's like the best one. Anywho, uh, as we both smack our lips like professional podcasters <laughs> and then have to edit it out mm. later. It's just, I've gotten better at that, but I can't get past I'm the, not a um, professional podcaster, so... Not anymore. <laughs> you were... No, you were ran, <laughs> ran out of town on a rail. You were canceled. Yeah, sure. So, because you guys did end your, uh, what was the most recent podcast you were doing? Because you did a uh, bunch of them in rapid succession. We did a, uh, like, uh, just a joke podcast. I don't know. I guess you a could describe comedy, it. Yeah. Comedy show. Um, what was it called? Fresh Questions Air. We mm. had people come on and we had some good guests. Uh, Mike Mitchell from the Doughboys and mm. Birthday Boys. We had. Um, yeah. Uh, Julia Steiner from Rat Boys. Um, yeah, oh, cool. Fun. I should listen to them more. I always forget to listen. <laughs> uh, and then before that, weren't you doing a wrestling one at one point? Oh, I wish. No, we were doing one where uh, we were only talking about new metal, I believe. New metal? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How long did that Oh, no, we were last? only talking about, uh, we were supposed to be doing every Crazy Town song one by one, but that was the joke. <laughs> Instead of like covering... <laughs> Like, so did you actually talk about Crazy Town? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, we did. We didn't even get through the first album, but we did get to Butterfly. <laughs> it, it turned into like a true crime podcast, which is fun. <laughs> and maybe that's what like all podcasts eventually turn into. <laughs> too crazy for Boys Town, too much of a boy for Crazy Town. <laughs> uh, no, we do have a new podcast, though, but I, I can wait to oh. plug the shit out of that later. I, I can curse, right? Or is it? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I encourage all my British. I've learned a lot of new curse words during. say cunts. Uh, yes quarantine so i mean right off the bat i mean this is on the punk news network mm-hmm. i've had guests mormon guests jehovah's witness <laughs> guests that request that we not swear i mean i had one who uh my good friend daryl he just wants his kids to be able to listen to it or or whoever yeah. he might send it to his mom or mum, as they say <laughs> in his neck of the woods uh so i'm like okay but i'm listening through and it totally doesn't phase me, so I'm not going to be like, you know, as I'm editing, usually like I'm like, I'll have it like on my desk at school, and I'll be like straightening up or doing something else on my prep period, and it's playing through. It's not going to be like, oh my God, I said fuck. Like, it's just like part, it's just, but I think I did get all of them. But yeah, and then Kevin, Kevin Calloway is, which is like the perfect jazz band leader's name. Mm, yes. Kev Calloway. Kevin Calloway. Um <laughs> Was on. It's like Kevin McAllister and Cap Calloway right. put together. He was on the um, Corrupted Lyle episode, and he is uh, Mormon, and mm. they don't like to curse. I think mm-hmm. is a thing. Um, even though Joe from Outdoor Valor is he married into Mormonism, he curses plenty and drinks <laughs> pop and does all of these things. Um, and he is an admin on They Might Be Shipposting. Mm-hmm. And he, he says they might be blank posting. I think is what he kept saying. He can't even say the name of the group that he's an admin for. Yeah, that's funny. It's ridiculous. So, oh yeah. So, uh, Greg here was on. Well, we had three Gregs one podcast and the mm-hmm. Don't Let's Start Live episode, the very first live ep- episode. I'm fairly certain we recorded working undercover for the man, mm-hmm. but then uh, the live episode, I the, oh, I'll yeah. air them immediately after. Uh, so that one ended up airing first. But to hear your uh, fandom story, I'm pretty sure. I mean, that was so early in the podcast, but we were doing that, right? Didn't you? Yeah, tell your I think story? It, it's probably it was probably just a, like the Cliff Notes version was just Weird Al, Tiny Tunes. Yeah, 
Yeah, because I know we talked about <laughs> everything you know is wrong. And that one, I might do a Patreon episode about that one. Would you still want to be on one to talk oh, about it? We yeah. Like a group? Yeah, that'd be great. Um, so Working Undercover for the Man was episode 21. <laughs> this is going to be 191. I, I got to drink that episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Don't Let's Start was episode 14. I look back on that and I'm like, I can't believe I did a live episode that early. What number are, is this? Or well, this where are you at now? I guess will be it? holy shit. <laughs> what? Yeah, and wow. there's just a minute there. I'm like, I wasn't. I was getting lazy. I didn't even mark <laughs> the dates, but that's the order. So 190 for certain people. Wow, right at the end of a hundo. 191. Nice. So yeah, you were on episode. Uh, what did I just say? 14, 21, 21. And then I said, I got a lot better people <laughs> to talk to. Forget that guy. The podcast got good then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, there's just so many people. I mean, yeah. I mean, look at this. So these are these are possible Patreon episodes. So I'll I'll put one down for um, what you call it? Uh, the, the everything you know is wrong. Mm. Um, so these are ones that recorded, and then you get up to pamphlet EP was the newest thing they released. Row eight hundred and sixty-five wow. on the spreadsheet. Now, there are some <laughs> blank buffers, but really, so you want to be doing this for the rest of your life, is what you're trying to say. <laughs> yeah, the running gag is that uh, Zinni is going to have to take over a room on it. Whoever <laughs> wants to do it after I die. Um, yeah, there's Kevin Kelly. So the X's are the ones I've recorded and then edited, and the names you can see the names in this column are people that have claimed songs. So it's just and and once you get to the top with all, I mean, this is. Is this good podcasting? Yeah. This <laughs> you is, leave this in where you're just... Uh, this is the filler. <laughs> look through the spreadsheet. Since we... It's inside baseball, man. People like it. Oh, yeah. Since... Uh, I do. You've already done your fandom story. You know, this is... A, you got to kill time. You know, it's the Mark Maron <laughs> method. 15 minutes of just talking about whatever bullshit you happen to be upset about. Have you thought week. about, like, noodling on the... Yeah. Have you done that yet? Oh, I should. Yeah. What does he call that segment at the end? Does he have a name for that segment? It's been a while since I've listened to a Marin. I almost said moment is in. Like, no, that's Daily Show. <laughs> I think he does that in the beginning. He used to do an intro where he was just playing guitar. I think he does it at the end now. Oh, he does. He'll pick up his guitar. That's like, good. Good for like, him. Oh, yeah, so I just changed these strings. So it might be on tune. The cats would be meowing around him, yeah. Some blues noodling. Yeah. So, like, when okay, so when you get down to factory showroom, like anything from the 90s and earlier, you can just see fully claimed, even token back to Brooklyn. The negative one track, John Henry's fully claimed. Um, the, the wow, <laughs> fingertips. Yeah. Um, Apollo eighteen has Hall of Heads still available. Wow, people, if you can make a good pitch to me, <laughs> I will consider it. Um, Flood, of course, so all much claimed. Good head talk, like because good head talk. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like they're a very head bev- heavy band. Like heads come up a lot. Uh huh. Skulls. So, yeah. Heads, skulls coming out of heads. Uh, okay, so hearing aid was hanging on for a while. Hearing aid was unclaimed. Hmm. Hearing aid, clearly the least favorite song on Flood. Wow. Come on, Probably guys. my least favorite, but I would say there's not a bad song on the album. Yeah. Uh, even the B-sides early on are mostly claimed. And then I think Toddler Highway is unclaimed. Puppet Head, same for a live episode. Particle Man, same for a live episode. Uh, Cajun Aquarium is the only song off Lincoln still unclaimed. Wow. So if people want to make a pitch, or you got a better chance if you're not a dude. <laughs> uh, so your racist friend is a song off of Flood, and it's crazy to do these Flood songs because um, 
they're I mean, it's just such well worn territory, but mm-hmm. st- people still they are still very list very much listened to downloaded episodes. Flood, you just can't get away from Flood. There's no way yeah. to deny it. Honestly, though, do you listen to Flood still <laughs> regularly? Well, yeah, sometimes on accident because it's one of the few albums I have downloaded on my phone. And okay, when yeah. I connect to the Bluetooth, it will just come on and I'm like, well, yeah, I'm just going to listen to it. So, uh, yeah, yeah. The Flood intro, the theme from Flood <laughs> is kind of a cool way to like you turn on your car and that comes on. <laughs> I usually have there's for some reason there's an album by the National that comes on. It's on my little USB stick mm-hmm. in my Mazda. And uh, I think it's because something in the iTunes was mistyped when I put it onto there. Where it had like a slash or like a special character. It was oh, like yeah. an asterisk, the national. So it comes up as the first in the alphabet, right? Oh. <laughs> you know, because it used to be, what would have been the first A band? Um, I don't know. I feel like it, I got it to play. Probably Ah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The band Ah. Uh, yeah. Or if it was going by song title, Ah, uh, by, you know, yeah. they might be. ABBA, maybe? Um, or, 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 okay. Yeah, I don't listen to them. They're fine. Whatever. <laughs> but. I got it to play, I think I had mistyped it intentionally and got it to play um, Wouldn't It Be Nice by the Beach Boys every time when I got in the car, but then I put some other stuff on and it messed it up. Eurasis Friend is track six, and and what I was getting at is is that Flood is like one of the albums that I listen to the least these days. (laughs) When I got it on the crazy vinyl that they put out Mm -hmm. uh, in 2020, when the 30th anniversary actually happened, I can never get it to animate. Did you see pictures of oh, that? Yeah, Rick? Uh-huh. So yeah. it was almost those. like a flipbook style mm-hmm. of the music video, and you were supposed to be able to look at it and look like it was moving. I never could get it to look quite right, but I listened to it a bunch when I got that. Um, one thing they don't do is put out deluxe editions of albums. That, is that like would the be great. That, REM's been doing a really cool job of that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of bands have put out deluxe editions that are worth buying. Like REM did the Monster one and they had all of like the other uh um demo not demos but like it was a lot of like the vocals turned up really loud or and the like a totally yeah, different. Like one of my favorite box sets to listen to again Beach Boys the Pet Sounds 40th anniversary. I have like six versions of Pet Sounds. The 40th anniversary is 3 CDs. Um, with session recording highlights, so like Brian Wilson, like telling the French horns to play louder and all that kind of stuff, or like the bass player, no more staccato. Really interesting, like especially the way that Brian Wilson worked. I have Sgt. Pepper like that too. Uh, there's a pretty cool with the Brian Wilson stuff. It's a lot more interesting to listen to because uh, they're like basically writing it on site, you know, right there. And then it'll have it has all the instrumental tracks from Pet Sounds, and then mm-hmm. yeah, vocal only it has. <laughs> God, hearing like acapella, God only knows, it's like a religious experience. Like it is so good. <laughs> and they might be giants. Like I'd I'd probably listen to vocal only tracks. And like people <laughs> are putting up like karaoke versions of They Might Be Giants, but it would be a lot easier if they released a flood with yeah. just like instrumental tracks as bonus tracks. Uh demos. There's gotta be demos since it's an Electra thing, and you know, we'll find dial a song stuff. There's got to be demos. Oh, yeah. Like, they released the John Henry demos, like, 25 years after the fact. Where's the Flood demos? I'm sure they have all the files Where's the Apollo 18 demos? Yeah, Yeah. just release the files. Release the the crack. Release the emails. The spee mails. um, (laughs) It's weird, though, because do they have the files? Flansburg probably does. Like, the master recordings, though, from Elektra might still be in their vaults or something. But with the demos, they'd probably have those. Mm-hmm. 
And they've been reissuing it, so they, clearly they have the rights to the songs now. They probably bought them back. Um, they weren't involved in like the the uh, warehouse uh, master. Oh, fire. the fire! Yeah, yeah. Well, did they that have anything Sony, in there? Was it? Does Sony own Electra? Who owns Electra? <laughs> Columbia. Disney, probably. Does someone own Columbia. I don't know. There's only like three record labels now, <laughs> the major labels. But like, they lost the artwork for Mink Car. Mm. So when. I don't know how much you follow them on Twitter, but when they reissued Mink Car and they put it out on vinyl for the first time ever, um, and it was out of print, the only Day My Pajayans album to ever go completely out of print, they, I think someone else had the art files and found it for them. But the art on the re-release is different, I think because of something not converting to new like file types or something got messed up. Someone had to find the font or someone might have redesigned the font because it was a custom font made just for that album. So it was like, like Flames was like, I, like, I need help. Like, I don't know because Restless Records went under. Mm-hmm. That's why it went out of print. So it was like a whole a whole thing. This is good nerdy information. It, it I is. It. I mean, this is this is what the people <laughs> crave. It's what this, is why, crave. this is why you'll be doing it till you're dead. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> The, yeah, so like I listen to, I'd say the ones I actually put on the most are, I throw on Nanobots a lot. Mm-hmm. I throw yeah, I on Mink Car a lot. Those are two I listen to probably the most. Lincoln. I mean, if I was going to rank Lincoln them, too, yeah. Flood's like sixth place. And I don't know if it's just because. Overplay. Yeah. yeah. Because I listened to it a bajillion times in the 90s. I think it's always going to be an entry point for like oh, non-fans. Yeah. Like, I, I think they, they just they know that. And yeah. So here's the new cover. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it's more kind of sparse. And then the original cover, they're not that far apart. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of darker background, mm-hmm. darker car parts. The Restless Records thing, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love that cover, though. That's a good cover. Yeah, it's a great cover. I should get this white vinyl. The car's like <laughs> the Why podcast you? has just become you looking at rare <laughs> stuff and then just buying them. Well, just yesterday, I just got the three-inch CD of the Don't Let oh, Start. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you saw that they'll need to crane. I just got the Oh, the okay. Don't Let Start EP. Oh, yeah. I didn't see that. I was bidding on a Hotel Detective three-inch CD and didn't win that one. But there's a couple more up. <laughs> I got the shirt for Avery and for. Uh, editing oh nice i will cut out some of this that doesn't make sense because i was just looking at things uh i don't yeah i don't throw on flood that much i mean it comes up of course when i'm listening when i'm listening to prepare for an episode mm-hmm. i'll be listening to that song a lot and then maybe we'll just continue playing the rest of the album or whatever so like today i listened to like half of flood because i just kicked it off the racist friend i was typing that email mm-hmm. kept playing um but it is a fantastic song and one of those songs that has maintained poignancy because <laughs> racism racism will never go away as hard as us good people try to tamp it down. It keeps coming back. Well, I think we talked about maybe doing this one when I first came on, but it was like at a time where we were like, oh, I was going on in the world. And it's not any better like now for us to do this. But um, yeah. I, I don't think we're in the right headspace to talk about some of the... yeah. Trump was in office. I mean, this is a, a serious song in a way. Like maybe <laughs> it, it's it got is. an entry, interesting placement on the album, but it also I think showcases just uh, like the diversity that they appreciate 
as well by having like such a diverse musical song like there's so many different genres this song this track kind of like yeah zips in and out of in a way kind of that bridge <laughs> yeah. we'll get to that but what i don't know what what genre would you call like the the main part of the song i mean i don't know what do you think I don't know. I I always kind of feel as like a I don't know what wave it would be. Maybe second wave ska or something. But it's kind of there almost. Yeah, almost. But like the guitars are so loud at some points, like the beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, it fits in pretty well with the alternative rock, which was just oh, like yeah. kind of chasing that. I mean, Nirvana hadn't blown up yet. This was a year before Nevermind, a couple of years before Dookie and the Blue Elm and all that stuff. Stone Temple Pilots' first album was ninety two, ninety three, I believe. Yeah, this is right around the. This yeah. fits in the grunge. I, I can see why they. It's grungy. I'm sure we'll get to it, but the, the, why they played this on Letterman as like their second appearance. Yeah, I can yeah. see why they picked this. Uh huh. It's a powerful song, and it's one where like, you know, <laughs> bands were they were getting angrier, so yeah. like the messages were angrier. You had to rock out on Letterman if you're going yeah. on there, like Weezer, all those bands. They had to. Yeah, crank sh- up. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, when was Ra- uh, Rage Against the Machines first album? Ninety four. Um, no, I think or before earlier. that, maybe. Yeah. I mean, not before Flood. But, like, you know, a song by this band, it might have also been written to combat, like, oh, they're a quirky novelty band, right? Mm-hmm. Those words that we hate to hear people talk about the Mighty Giants with. But, because, uh, like, you got a song like Particle Man, which, saving for a live episode as well, um, it's like, it seems silly on the surface. They put it to a Tiny Tunes thing, um, but. There's other stuff there, but on the surface, people hearing it on Tiny Tunes just like, oh, that silly band. But your racist friend, I mean, right in the title, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, there's going to be something big in this one. <laughs> yes. Hopefully, it's not pro your racist friend. Yeah, <laughs> the, the <laughs> screwdriver song, my racist friend. Actually, and it's a, a nice guy. Song. Yeah, <laughs> he's a cool guy. <laughs> He's not as racist might, as me, he, but he does okay. I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe he'll teach me a few things. That'll be taken out of content. Someone will snip out saying, oh, like, God. he's cool guys, not as racist I, as me. So. I try not to think about that. <laughs> uh, I'm not popular enough for that. I just remember the Colbert when he was still doing the Colbert rapport. It's like with the onion. The hard times came along, I think, in a, in an era that like they have so much good stuff, but people recognize them as satire. Mm-hmm. But the onion for so long. There would be people, conservatives mostly, right? It's a left-leaning paper for the most part. Um, people would post, like old people would post something on Facebook. And be like, oh, go off on it. And be like, it's not real. What's wrong with you? And Colbert said something. It was in response to the whole Redskins bullshit about the guy who owned the Redskins, like to kind of combat all the heat he was getting, opened up some foundation for like research and education and and the welfare of like Native Americans in the area, or something like that, and people were like, "Really, dude? Like, <laughs> just that's you know, we we appreciate the intent of that, but like, no, that's not what we're looking for. Like, sure, that's cool, but how about also change the fucking name?" Um, well, I, I hate to. I think people are still sharing Onion articles as if they're real. So, still, yes. So Colbert, <laughs> uh, he didn't get canceled. This is before that was even a term people would throw around that phrase. Um, but he said something about like because he he mentioned that headline. I think it was still the Colbert Report. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't the Late Show. And he said, "God, it was something about someone who who had something like an Asian stereotype, something racist against Asians." And it'd be like, it's like, 
if they owned the Ching Chong Ding Dong School for Asian American Studies or something. And like people took that out of context. Oh. And they're like, Stephen Colbert's racist. He's saying Ching Chong Ding Dong Asian things. And it's like, it's sarcasm, people. Like this, do you not understand comedy? Like he was commenting upon I think about the Redskins that a lot. guy opening up a Native American. I think uh, that was where a big split in um, American culture with understanding satire kind of started, like oh right after God. Borat. I mean, I think that's kind of where it right started. After Borat, yeah. Because oh I think God. you go to the theater, there's people like, yeah, and like laugh. People are laughing for the wrong reasons in certain comedy. We support that's... your war of terror instead of war on terror. It's <laughs> war of terror. That's why we're at where we're at now. This is going to be a fun, like, uh, <laughs> can't wait to listen to the positive vibes of your racist friend episode. Okay, here we go. This is Who's Attacking Me Now? <laughs> Tonight, to find out what happened to me on the internet, we turn to the TV. People are calling for Stephen Colbert's show to be canceled. After a tweet about Asians appeared on the Comedy Central Twitter account. The hashtag cancel Colbert is trending this morning. The hashtag cancel Colbert is trending. Cancel Colbert is a hashtag that was trending. Hashtag cancel Colbert went viral. But folks, I'm still here. The dark forces. Boom, boom. It's all because of you people. We almost lost me. I'm never going to take me for granted ever again. Here's what happened to me. Last Wednesday, I saluted Washington Redskins owner Daniel Snyder for his new charity, the Washington Redskins Original Americans Foundation, which some have called an obvious attempt to win over Native Americans because it only uses the term Redskins once in its name. Now I have my own racial misunderstanding with the Asian community over a long-running and beloved character on my show. Very important, he is a character. He is not me. This is the real Stephen Colbert. I mean everything I say on this show. He, he means, well, you'd have to ask him and he's not returning my calls right now. Anyway, I was so inspired by Dan Snyder's charitable outreach that I formed my own charity, the Ching Chong Ding Dong Foundation for Sensitivity to Orientals or whatever. That was Wednesday. It reran four times on Thursday, was posted on the show's Facebook page, not a peep out of the internet. Then around seven o'clock on Thursday, my network's promotional Twitter account, at Colbert Report, tweeted the name of my foundation without providing a video link to the original segment or mentioning that I was inspired by the Redskins charity. I mean, who would have thought a means of communication limited to 140 characters would ever create misunderstandings? <laughs> All right, yeah. Oh, my God, the Colbert Report. Can you, go, can you still watch every episode... It doesn't even matter that it's not relevant news anymore. Yeah, I would sure. go back yeah, and watch I'm the sure whole it's thing. Somewhere. It's just incredible. All the Doritos he ate trying to get sponsorship. <laughs> uh, your racist friend is one of the few times where right on the surface of the lyrics is the message. Mm -hmm. You're not having to dig too hard. I mean, you know right off the bat. What yep. the song is. About. Yeah. <laughs> this is where the party ends. I can't stand here listening to you and your racist friend. I mean, 
Yeah, you don't. This is one where like the interpretations tab. Like we should go take a peek at that later. I do think about the, racism is bad. Is the first thing <laughs> on the interpretations tab. Yeah. Uh, I do think about the like uh, politics bore you because I mean, obviously racism isn't solely uh, just related to politics. But I, I think I mean I get where they're coming from in that is that that's probably where the topic of conversation led to that with this racist friend. But I always think about just the the politics part of it. Yeah, yeah, because you'll you'll meet so many people that just say, oh, "I don't keep up with politics." Oh, I don't want to talk about politics. Oh, we don't talk about politics at the dinner table, whatever. Um, I mean, how can you people these days? If people say that now, it's almost like you might as well be a conservative, or you might as well <laughs> just let the bad people continue to do whatever they're doing. You know, we're coming fresh off of. I mean, fuck, I went to Spain for six weeks, and I come back like, hey, what's been going on in America while I was gone? (laughs) Oh, my God! You know, like, the worst Supreme Court in history has just... Like you didn't know. (laughs) I I, I wish... I knew, obviously. I listened to the NPR up first, like, 15-minute, you know, news briefing thing. Comes out at, like, 6.30 or 7 a.m. here. Mm -hmm. I'd be listening to it, you know, I'm six hours in the future in Spain. I'd be listening to it at, like, 1 p.m. Could have warned us or stopped it. Yeah, if I had been here with the podcast in this platform I have to fight Brett Kavanaugh and whoever else, fucking Clarence Thomas. Yeah, this this, uh, song was going to bring up fun topics. (laughs) Yeah. Fun emotions. I mean, it would have brought up a lot more Trump stuff. Well, I think that's the whole point, too. It's um, like, I'm not going to convince this guy. He's going to be casually racist and just kind of laugh it off or blame it on because I'm drinking or whatever. Right. Yeah, this song is not about, you know, a but racist I, faction of the skinheads yeah. or the Proud Boys. I mean, none of this existed back then. I mean, obviously, there's the bullet the heads. Yeah, right. And the <laughs> bullet heads. Yeah. Um, you know, I had meant to look up what that was referring to exactly. Bullet head. I assume skinhead kind of. Okay, here it is. Bullet head is a 2017 yes. American Bulgarian crime thriller. Wait, that's oh, not yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> You got to go to, um, uh, you know, the Urban Dictionary. Yes, Urban Dictionary will give us the most. Bullet head. A person's small round head. <laughs> a paunchy yeah. middle aged man with a bullet head. Oh, that's even ball. better. Um, I, yeah, I was assuming like a skinhead. Maybe they were taking that word to kind of. Um, yeah, here we go. Allude to that. Urban Dictionary. Oh, okay. I want to read us what, what the lovely. I love reading Urban Dictionary. A boorish youth with a skinhead or crew cut. Whose sole interest in life are violent activities such as cage fighting, football, hooliganism, <laughs> causing fights in pubs, and hanging around CD gyms, etc. CD gyms. I guess I don't know enough about CD gyms, but <laughs> it's where there's a nice garden. They plant some seeds around, and then there's a gym inside. I just imagined like somebody like working out like in the corner like this. It's just like staring at you. Right. Like, I w- would know that's a CD gym. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> I've never belonged to a gym. That is not, I mean, I I just stepped on a scale for the first time in like a year. Oh, yeah. I'm down to my weight I was at in high school. You've been skateboarding a lot in I've Spain. I've been skateboarding so. a lot and walking a lot <laughs> over there. And now I'm coming home and we got a Popeye's chicken in town now. So that's Yeah, that's a problem. Uh, so. We got a crumble cookie by our house, so it's, uh, oh. it's bad times. Yeah. Good times. We, so, like, pretty much, I just want it to be, like, a wash. Just, like, even everything out, you know? Skateboard a ton. Sweaty bastard style. 
get Popeyes for dinner. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Um, got to read the last line of that. Do poem. it. Uh, they are always um, found wanting. Uh, wait, I'll skip that. Word. Their ambition in life is to become a bouncer. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. It was funny when I read it earlier, and now I read it out loud. It's not as funny as I thought. Yeah, it was. no, it's, it's become. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the people that write these things in Urban Dictionary, lots of times they're very snarky. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. 2006, PWD. Nice. Yeah, 2006. That Alan is such a bullethead, always causing fights after he's had two pints. Alan. Oh, that Alan. Yeah, Sounds classic like such Alan. A tough yeah. guy name. Alan. Alan. Oh, uh, Gary. Alan Parsons Project. <laughs> Uh, Alan Parsons beating Classic up. Alan Parsons <laughs> Oi, bullethead, stop acting hard on those girls Because you're with a gang You're <laughs> You're wrong yeah, you're. Some, uh, And then the next one I want uh, someone to put a bullet through my head I wonder what the definition of that is Why is that Okay, well that's what came up Awful So it's Yeah, I mean it's it's not about Some Klansman being in the mm-hmm. party Wearing his hood like you said, it's a casual someone who one of those people that would say, "I'm not racist," but and then mm. says something horrible. People still were not putting out like a to make this a song that you're playing live is like pretty cool. Like to just send that message out and show, yeah, we're just not. We do sing goofy lyrics and make mm-hmm. fun songs, but we're not a just a we're not a kids band because we were on Tiny Tunes. Um, uh-huh. But I, yeah. I I also think that like. Um, yeah, there wasn't a lot of like people were accepting racism more than to. I don't know. I'm not saying that anything's better, I think, but I think yeah. uh, politically, I mean, they also had Road Movie to to Berlin as the closer. I did that episode a long time ago with Leslie Gower. Um, another one, like one of the few songs that actually, like your racist friend, is not tied to a particular era. Always been racism, like we've said keeps coming back up into the mainstream and being more acceptable and then tamp back down and comes back up again. Um, but there will always be racist. But Road Movie to Berlin is so obviously about, you know, the Berlin Wall and, you know, the fall of communism. No, it wasn't the fall of communism. But I think a lot of the racism in 1990 also had to do with um, just kind of like nationalism against the Soviets and stuff like that because that was so just ingrained in our culture with the Cold War going on. Um, and now again, Russia just being total, a certified chode, Putin just <laughs> to use, I think you should leave lingo, Vladimir yeah. Putin guys, a certified chode, uh, you heard it here first picking. Yeah. Right. Pick <laughs> on someone your own size. Oh wait, Russia is the biggest, I mean, hell if China and Russia went to war, maybe that would be. A fair fight. We should play the demos, actually, because we're talking about the lyrics. The lyrics in the first Dial-A-Song version are not complete. So let's go ahead and play that. Yeah. Uh, you want me to spin it again? Uh, if you don't have... Let's I mean, I, yeah, go, let's do this. All right, so let's listen to Power, Power of Dial-A-Song bootleg version. So, I love the drum track. Yeah, yeah. It's faster, though, right? Yeah. 
sure it could be mended. I had inspired from this bobbin and pretending. Stouring some bullet head and the madness that he made. There's any guitar in this? No, no, no. It's all keys. Yeah. Slight differences in the lyrics. Yeah. Those drum fills are cool. <laughs> It is. It's got a groove to it. Yeah. What's that? It's got a groove to it. Yeah, I mean, it does. I think that's the. Uh, oh, was the bridge yeah. in here? Completely different bridge. Yeah, this is what I was thinking of. I like this. Yeah. Well, there's guitar. Yeah, it's a little ambient there too, because the way it's blending. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When did he decide to go like full on conga? You know, <laughs> conga line. Yeah. But it's like heavy metal conga or. All the trumpets break out like Yeah, we'll talk about that bridge more. But yeah, so the bridge is completely different. They're they're a fun listen, but it's like yeah, it's like you got a free yeah, hour you and be a half. in the headspace. Yeah, you got I love all the little tags he does like promoting shows that were, you know, <laughs> thirty two years ago or whatever. Alright, so let's listen to uh Power of Dialogue Song Two. This one is online, but I actually had an, an MP three of it. So let's listen to that to make come up playing here. It gets more ska. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that there. The backbeat's in right away. It doesn't do the breakdown thing. Yeah, yeah, you could I, I could really I could hear like a more updated ska version of this yeah. could sound really cool. So apparently this is from 1990, but that doesn't make sense because Flood came out in January of 1990. So clearly it was written before that. I mean, maybe it was unearthed then. Yeah. So who knows when the first one was written? I mean, maybe he released two in the same year. But check out the... It's a wiki, so people can input what they want. Read the differences from other versions. So dial a song one. What's it say? The lyrics in this version are much less developed than in the final studio version. And then Dallas Song 2, this one, what did the person put in? The madness turned into bullshit in this version. <laughs> now what I like, it's about to do a key change. Here we go. Maybe after this part. It does like... It goes up and then it goes down yeah. and Flans like can't find the vocal uh-huh. note at first. It's pretty... It's very endearing. So we gotta make sure we get to that part. <laughs> he laughs a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't have the vocal rhythm fully worked out. He had to input more words to fit into that space. Yeah. 
Which is funny they did it because like it's a minute forty five. That's plenty long for they might be giants. Yeah. <laughs> then he's like, key change. <laughs> yeah, the first note he's like, whoa, where is it? And then he, he finds it. I think that could have been cool with like an like effect or something too. Like I don't know. Goes up again. Did it go? Well, it's about to go down. <laughs> Here's where he really struggles. <laughs> he just awesome. gives up. <laughs> That's what I like about that Letterman performance too. Is it's so like kind of loose and yeah. Oh, we will get to that, <laughs> yeah. my friend. Tons of live versions, um, but let's make sure. So let's let's talk about that that bridge. Like it's mm-hmm. like I don't know. It's 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 actually more kind of. Like South African pop, you know that like Vampire Weekend started tapping oh, yeah, into yeah, a decade uh-huh. and a half later. The like bowed and the dent 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 bowed dent dent. God, I wish I could find a good example of that. I know Miriam Makiba does a ton of Miriam Webster Makiba. Okay, Miriam, there she is. Miriam Makiba's dictionary defines. <laughs> South African pop as, uh, let's see if any of hers. I mean, pata pata. I do that with my. I think maybe uh, Peter Gabriel, like, or not yeah. Peter Gabriel. These are all uh, white yeah. guys. Paul I'm Simon. To find yeah, someone actually from <laughs> South Africa. Paul Simon is white. When Vampire Weekend came along, I don't think mm-hmm. people were really calling them out for like appropriating that music. That would definitely be it something they'd there. be calling for these days, but a little bit maybe. I, yeah, I think they also kind of made fun of that. Like they were aware of that and then evolved their sound, which, yeah. you know. Yeah, they've gone through a lot of changes. That I mean, that first album is still the best one. Contra's good too, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's a bunch of preppy boys. <laughs> What what Ivy League school were they all? Oh, at? I don't even remember. I don't think it was Harvard, but they were all at one of the Ivy League mm-hmm. schools. These rich, privileged boys, and I, you know, I'm not going to hold that against them. The Strokes are fucking all from the rich ass <laughs> families. Yeah, they met sense. at like boarding schools in Europe. <laughs> you know, Julian Casablanca's dad is like a fashion designer or something. I don't mm-hmm. know, you know, socialites and all that in New York City, but. Uh, they made, you know, Vampire Weekend makes great music. They still do. Um, but they like, I think they did say in interviews, they're like, oh, we just found this like compilation. We were digging through thrift stores or whatever. We found this vinyl compilation of South African pop from the sixties or whatever. And they loved it. There's some really good shit there. I'd love, that's a blind spot for me for sure. I'd like to, I could probably look through their old interviews and find out what they had heard that all of a sudden just like, they're like, we're going to start a band and this will be a part of it. Right. Um, I'll find a good example. That, that but. definitely was a thing, though, where it's like um, even like one of my favorite bands, like Animal Collective, and like uh, uh-huh. 
just doing like sort of tribal drumming or it was like, okay, there's a lot of indie bands with white guys <laughs> doing yeah. something that doesn't like, seems like they're kind of appropriating though. That might not have always been the intention to. Yeah. I mean, I, I would kind of push back against that a little bit because what's wrong with taking influence from someone who doesn't look like you. I mean, that to me, like oh, yeah. I said, like the, the old phrase is, um, I'm, I'm going to say it wrong. Like, how do you start the sincerest form of flattery? Like, homage is the sincerest Mm -hmm. form of flattery. Like, because Outdoor Valor, like, our whole, like, from the jump, the first Outdoor Valor demo was called Taco Supremes because (laughs) I took the first four measures of the Supremes You Can't Hurry Love. This was, we were in a condo. I couldn't record drums. I didn't really know how to use drum machines yet. This is like 2009, 2010, Mm -hmm. early 2010. I took the first four bars. Oh my God, he stole. A black person song. I mean, that was me saying I, that. Yeah, how dare you? Um, <laughs> how dare you accuse me of that? This is the because Elvis thing. I, I love the Supremes. Yeah. I mean, it's like how Eminem got a ton of shit. You know, Beast, Beastie Boys. You know, like oh, you white boys. You know, you're taking our. I mean, I don't know. They got some stuff. I think the, the difference like, is uh, kind of um, when that artist is able to like discuss and explain where those inspirations come from and usually they perform with some of those artists you know later Mm -hmm. on in their careers but like i think like someone like elvis didn't get a chance to really do that as much yeah yeah i mean not like he liked saying one way or another i mean elvis like i'm pretty sure i'm getting this right that he he bought a cadillac for big mama thornton Mm. because like she wrote hound dog yeah you know he made it safer for white audiences and, and took it to number one but uh yeah he 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 recognized you know where his influences were coming from he seems like a fairly like he was a fairly decent guy ding <laughs> my mom asking is the first tmbg album the self-titled <laughs> album do you usually get questions uh this is live uh yeah live from your <laughs> That's it's a awesome. Q&A episode. It's just my mom has gotten so into the MIP Giants since the podcast. They <laughs> listen great. to every episode right when it comes out. That rules. There are Yeah, it is cool having listeners that, like, I'll post an episode and, like, it's a 90-minute episode. And, like, 91 minutes after I posted it, they're like, oh, I like this part of the episode. And I'm like, how did you? Man, it's cool. Uh, so there's a... Tr- I was yeah. going to just queue up the bridge of this. Uh, someone put great. Trump... And uh, the live, yeah, you know, the got the guitar solo, double bass. Man, should they redo all their songs with double bass? What's that? Should they redo all of their songs with double bass? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, I mean, there's the ro- the adult version of Robot Parade is pretty probably the most metal they've ever done. And that was kind of just a toss off B side. Yeah, the double bass and when Flans actually did the lead guitars, like mm-hmm. this is a guitar solo. Like Dan Miller is the best guitarist they've ever had in the band, and he can do crazy shit. He's done some crazy solos. Like um, 
you've heard book right mm-hmm. the new album oh yeah in uh synopsis for latecomers like the guitar solo at the end of that is just nuts and like the the tone on it is amazing it's like a guitar tone that i would cue up it's like so But this kind of solo, just like this unhinged, like not caring, it's like a Lou Reed style solo where you're just like, I don't care what fret I'm on, I'm just going to go nuts. The triangle. (laughs) Oh yeah, I love it. Very much of the time, for sure. Like it's not totally random, but it's very unorthodox. Yeah. (laughs) This is is where it's... uh, It's more South African than Caribbean, but I mean that's also... I was thinking like flamenco. Am I? What's that? Is flamenco? Is that a type of style? In that, the no, that's not flamenco. I mean, having just been in Spain, I've seen flamenco yeah. shows. <laughs> flamenco. I've seen flamenco the, shows. <laughs> the most popular uh, flamenco influenced band is the Gypsy Kings. You know okay. the Gypsy Kings. Yeah. Do you know them at all? I. Uh, they have a lot of. Do they have records that show up a lot at uh, Goodwills? Maybe. I mean, I heard them first in skate videos. Okay, yeah. This is a great song. Yeah, I can can hear the difference. Like it's got a peppy feel, but there's definitely some rhythmic similarities. <laughs> yeah, everybody's heard this song. I I looked at the title, I had no idea what this was. It's a great song. Yeah, it was like in chip commercials and stuff all the time. Oh, Joe Joe Ba is was on. An Adrian Lopez uh, video part of uh, uh, a Zero skate Ooh. video. The claps. God, they're so good. Like, this is the kind of stuff, like... And there's, like, six guitarists in this band. Like, I want to learn some of these songs <laughs> now that I have a classical guitar. Yeah. But, like, the claps. Fretless bass. Like, you can tell it's just all over the place. Yeah, this makes me want to listen to the Gypsy like, Kings. So then. good. <laughs> So good. So there's definitely some rhythmic similarities and just the peppy. Just uh-huh. like, it's dance music. You can't not bob your head. Well, the, I think that is all very intentional. The um, two going against each other here, like the very hard against yeah. the very like light and uh, poppy. Yeah. 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 That South African pop is very kind of airy in that the instrumentation isn't bogged down with a ton mm-hmm. of stuff like that. We just clicked through a couple you know, who knows what I'll end up playing on that part in the final edit. But clicking through a bunch of Miriam Makiba stuff, there's like an upright bass player, a conga player, and like a guitar player. Like that was like it, you know, like trios or quartets. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I love just the drastic shift. Yeah. Oh my God. To like, me, I think that's like uh, the harder parts. Like that solo is like the racist friend. And then the other part is shifting over. This is the space I want to be in. To me, that's like the vibe of the song. I like that. I like that. Yeah, it's it's one thing that when I do episodes about a song where I realize, that's when I'll realize like certain songs where the music and lyrics are one. Mm -hmm. Because as a guy who just like is so inspired musically and then I make my wife write the lyrics, (laughs) it's like there's very few times where I've been like, 
it's happened a lot more with Top of Papas, where like I'm really mad about something. I'm going to write a hardcore song, and the lyrics and the music kind of come all together at the same time. Like there was a we have this minute five second song that'll be on our next record that I I wrote it in 20 minutes, like the whole thing. And that's never how I operate. I labor (laughs) over things. I do. I'll record them right as I go. But that's one where I didn't record it. I just fucking, you know, whatever felt right on the fretboard and then just yelling a bunch of stuff until the lyrics came together. This one, like bells are ringing is one where it's like the music and the, Mm -hmm. obviously it's called bells are ringing. It starts with bells. Like there's just kind of ringing. Yeah. Just like, like it's just, they're (laughs) intertwined. And this one, I'd never thought about it like that before. But yeah, like the yeah. screaming kind of mad part and then the happy <laughs> part. Like, hey, I'm like this. Yeah, You're di- like this. I'm like this. A dichotomy, I guess, is like used um, thematically in the song, I think. Yeah. yeah. I almost just quoted a, a, something from Sung Tongues. I was like... <laughs> You're like this. And oh, like yeah. This, and you're like this. Everybody's welcome. And I'm like this. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good song titles. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you, don't, you don't have to go to college. That oh, one, yeah. I always remember that title. Um, so we didn't even get to the trivia mm-hmm. stuff yet. You want to read this Flansburg? So from a 2009 Rolling Stone mm-hmm. interview. Yeah. So uh, Flan said the song is a composite of experiences and really about the relativistic uh, back backpedaling people go through trying to get Uh through this creepy world uh the song is really wrapped up in the problem of tacit agreement he's so eloquently and the line can't shake the devil's hand or say and say you're only kidding just sums it up Mm -hmm. yeah yep yeah flansburg is just so well spoken i mean they both are obviously just Mm -hmm. flans gets interviewed a lot more uh i think they were both sitting in on this one this has been quoted on almost every Mm -hmm. flood i think it was a flood uh it's like about flood. I don't know why 2009. I think it was because 2010 would have been the 20th anniversary. Yeah, flood, a track by track guide to the geek chic breakthrough. <laughs> geek chic. Ah, oh, geek chic. I like that. Uh, yeah, but it's cool that they'll get that they still get features in, even after the major label era. That mm-hmm. someone like Rolling Stone will have a feature on yeah. them. Uh, it's rare that Pitchfork talks about them. There's there's two They Might Be Giants records that have been re- reviewed on Pitchfork and. That's that's Not interesting. It but, was I mean, Car and here come the ABCs. Maybe <laughs> like it's bizarre. I'm surprised, but not surprised at all. So yeah, they're a band. That, I mean, <laughs> they'll they'll back they'll I come back to important. it. I think I'm sure they'll at some point have some they sort have of retrospective. They have started coming back around to rock. Like they do review stuff with guitars in it now. Because there was like I gave up on Pitchfork for like five <laughs> to eight years. Whereas like I. I'm fine learning about rap music from other places, but that's not where I... I don't need to go to Pitchfork to learn about, you know, the new Kanye album. Like, everyone's reviewing that. Yeah, or I don't like, need to know what you think about that. I already have heard everyone else talk about it, you know? Or that, like, some couple broke up, like Ben Gibbard. And... <laughs> that's what... I mean, Stereogum. Oh, I, I read yeah. Stereogum a lot more than Pitchfork. Do you read Stereogum? Uh... I mean, I have. It is a better publication. <laughs> they well, for one, if you want to really get educated on uh, music history, the uh, Tom uh, Brehan, I think is how you say it, mm-hmm. has a. I would highly recommend anyone read his column called "The Number Ones." I pissed off oh, yeah, a no bunch of. I had to block someone on Facebook because I posted in. They might be shit posting. First of all, it was the shit posting group. How dare uh, you? He just got to. So he was. He's <laughs> he's writing about all of the number one songs all the way back to '58 or whenever they started. Um, like full, very researched histories of these songs and the songwriters and the musicians involved. 
and he's gotten all the way up to he's, he's done three a week. He used to do five a week. He's mm-hmm. done three a week for years, and he's up to he got up to the bare naked ladies uh, <laughs> one week, and he just trashes it. It's just it's unbelievably. I think like, that's. I think it's unfortunate. I, I haven't gone back, but I, I think they're probably a better band than um, that song has. Yeah, yeah. Well, th- they are. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's it's an annoying song. Yeah. But he talks about. So it's it's worth reading. Uh, the bare naked ladies one week um, because after he shits on it in the first paragraph, he breaks it all down. Talks about how they became popular. Mm-hmm. They didn't want it to be a single. They didn't want it to be the single. It was a throwaway track. The dude who does all the rapping live, uh, just improv stuff, freestyling raps, you know, uh, white guy rapping, you know, whatever. That was funny in the 90s. Uh, he freestyled a couple things. It became the verses. And then the record label is like, that's the lead single. And they're like, no, really? <laughs> Will, Weird Al parodied it, too. So, I mean, you, if yeah. I put out a song I don't love and it's going to like make me money for the rest of my life and yeah. I can do anything I want yeah. and Weird Al parodies it, forget about Obviously it. Obviously they let it happen <laughs> and they still play it. But like, I don't blame Tom Braham for hating it, but I posted this, I'm like, for your reading enjoyment, and I just posted that and someone was like, this guy fucking sucks. I'm like, this is, I'm like, did you read the whole thing? Like, yeah. he hates the song, but it's a very informative article. Mm-hmm. I want, <laughs> we definitely need to get back on track, but I want you to read this first paragraph, please. So you haven't seen this before. Uh, right, though, re, re, start, start right there. The audacity, the absolute fucking nerve. <laughs> These fucking dorks had the balls to record the song of bouncy, bounce bubble crunch and rapid fire pop cult non sequiturs, and to present it to the world as a viable prop, pop product. And then the American consumers, in their infinite wisdom, took the took this ostentatiously. Ostentatiously, this is. Do you, do you do this to other uh, guests? Like make <laughs> only if they're next to me. Now read these big words yep. here. Uh, clever birthday party routine and send it all the way to the top of the Hot 100. Briefly interrupting the reign of Monica's the first night. You want to keep going? In the nineties, the decade when <laughs> alternative a- rock became a thing that people said out loud. The bare naked <laughs> ladies. One week became the first number one hit that was even vaguely alt rock since Lisa Loeb's "Stay." I missed you more than four years earlier. It's a travesty of justice, and I'm still mad. <laughs> There's so many songs about that. Maybe like I just read the, the paragraph and thought I was being facetious. <laughs> no, not remotely. One week was a plague on humanity in 1998, and it's still a plague on humanity today. One week represents the shallowest and most bankrupt kind of fun. It's a stupid song that knows it's a stupid song. See, that's important. Mm-hmm. And I'm supposed to think it's a whole self-reflexive, smarty-pants, goofball nonsense shtick. is silly and charming and sly. Well, I don't. I fucking hate it with all the power of my soul. One week is Justin Long. It's Napoleon Dynamite. I like both of those things. It's Elon Musk in a Wario costume mm. in Saturday Night Live. That can go fuck itself. Yeah. <laughs> Does he mention I they thought might Napoleon be Dynamite was pretty much like they might be giant. Uh, Napoleon Dynamite rules. Uh, <laughs> I dressed up as him in 2005 for uh, it was one of my very few adult costumes I've done. And Kara was uh, I always forget the girl's character side ponytail, fanny pack, all that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, people should read that because he does go into how uh, he talks about back worried about being a novelty guy. Um, butthole surfers, like all these b- weird bands getting popular um, and being concerned with being a novelty act, which is a very similar thing that they might be giants were trying to combat. So that, I mean, that's why I'm 
bringing this up, but that first paragraph is just brutal and hilarious. I listened to one week a few times after I read this. I'm like, it's a fun song. You can't deny that. It's stupid as hell. The band knows it, so that's fine. It it kind of was like targeted towards like uh, people that were buying music a lot at that time. It was targeted towards like uh, tweens, I guess, in a way. Like, yeah. Because that's I was probably that demographic when it came out, and I was like, yeah, this is a fun song. It's not too kid like. He's what? talking about yeah. you know hinte or. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. What? I'm starting to feel new feelings. Uh, what uh, <laughs> What year did you graduate high school? Um, 2004. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm 99. So, I mean, we wouldn't have gone to high school at the same time, but mm-hmm. not that far apart. I mean, four or five years is a long time. That's a big difference in mm-hmm. age of kids. Just growing, brain development, all that. But, like, right now, I mean, we're oh, both... Yeah. Uh, old guys. We at this both point. Know, can quote the Simpsons. And I shit. don't think you would be considered middle aged at this point. You got to be at least forty. Oh, soon, to say, someday. Yeah, you'll get there soon. I mean, your dad, <laughs> whatever. We both have steady jobs. Because <laughs> you, I mean, you still work for Purdue, right? Yes, I'm actually uh, messaging someone on Teams right now. Uh, so the song title unwittingly borrows from the special song "Racist Friend." In 2015, John Linnell told Tom Robinson, "We didn't know." That we were writing an identically named song when we came out with it. We found out later that there was already a song by that name. I'm kind of surprised that uh, Flans especially isn't fully versed in the specials. Mm, yeah. Being that, like, two-tone in the 80s, like, they were top of the heap. It could have been in, uh, you know, subconscious or, you know. Yeah, one of those things where it's like... You saw well, Like it. with comedians where they're like, I didn't steal that bit on purpose. Well, like ha- Dane Cook. It happens a lot. I think like Florence mm-hmm. and the Machine like uh, heard a gang gang dance song and uh, took like one of her most popular songs was like taken from them. Uh huh. And she was like, oh yeah, I didn't mean to do that. It was just in my head. Yep. That's the way you handle it, I guess. Mm-hmm. So were you familiar with the song Racist Friend? Uh, I know I've heard it, but um, yeah. yeah. So I'll I, play I, a little bit of that. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it could have been something where Flans, it was just, he had heard it years ago, didn't realize there was a song exactly called that. I mean, this is just called Racist Friend, right? Theirs is your Racist yeah, Friend. Yeah, this is just Racist so it's Friend. It's a different title. title. No. Yeah. I mean, the lyrics in this song are great. Now's the time for your friendship to end. I, I want to listen to this album now, too. You know? Yeah. Yeah, this one's from Best of the Specials, but the the album that it's from is uh, In the Studio. Yeah, Two-Tone Records presents In the Studio with a special AKA. That's where it first appeared. It got remastered. In. So it was released in 1984, mm-hmm. uh, so six years before. Or I guess he probably wrote it in 88, I'm guessing. So four years before. You know, long enough ago that he could have forgotten that they had a song called Racist Friend. It's a topic that there could be a hundred songs called Racist oh, yeah. Friend that all have an important message and are different <laughs> genres. Uh, I don't think the specials, uh, if they even know about it, would have cared. Anyway, they added your to the front of it. Your, yeah, um, your racist friend. So, um, 
And the one other trivia point is just a little thing. My head can't tolerate this bobbin and pretend. More heads. Uh, is often replaced with my head is tired of this bobbin and pretending in live performances. So, yeah, mm-hmm. small difference. Um, anything else about the... We, we covered the music well, pretty I like I'd, I'd say the, the music goes from alternative rock to kind of like their version of metal to South African Caribbean pop. And back to alternative yeah, rock. I love it. Right. I, I kind of want to know more about the party, though. I would, Like, if right. a music video that would have... Um, if they had made a music video kind of showing, like, what that party vibe would be like, because mm-hmm. it's the loveliest party that he ever attended. Yeah. I want to see that. I know. It sounds like... It seems like it would be easy if that's just somebody else's friend that they brought along, that you can still maybe not have a bad time if it's maybe there's enough space to yeah get away from them yeah. right <laughs> i mean we celebrated ramona's first birthday in spain that was her actual birthday but we're having her first birthday party with just like pretty much family like the grandparents are coming down on saturday um so hopefully no one says anything racist <laughs> yeah. i mean Cara's dad no i'm not gonna call yeah. no i'm kidding <laughs> Gra- grandparents and other families that's definitely a concern i'm sure Oh, my grandpa, their great grandpa, somehow got wooed over by Trump, and my dad is furious about it. He was a wooer. talk about it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I like (laughs) that he speaks his mind. That's the worst fucking thing. Whatever. (laughs) God damn it. He speaks his racist mind. I mean, he is racist, but like his misogyny is the stuff that came fully to the surface before he was even elected, before he was the, you know, in the primaries. The fucking Christ. The whole grabber by the blank. Uh-huh. That got Holy everyone Christ. to come out. Locker room talk was out in the open now. Right. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I talk like that in the locker room, too. <laughs> I talk about my wife horribly in front of my friends. I've been in the locker room with uh, Purdue president, Mitch Daniels. Yeah? I mean, he's never talked like that. Are you for real? Oh, yeah. He used to go into the co-rec all the time. So Man. I'm not, I probably shouldn't say anything. Is else. he as short as I think he is? I think I might be a little bit taller. And I'm pretty <laughs> short, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. That always makes me happy when I meet somebody that's shorter than me. That's a musician and yeah. successful. Like Blake Sennett was shorter than me. Uh, yeah. From Ralph Kiley. Uh, really? Rivers. Blake Sennett was, was. Is that short? I was shocked. Just like Jenny Lewis is <laughs> I knew shorter than him. Jenny oh, Lewis yeah. is pretty tall. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Actually, I do remember seeing them playing Conan and me like, oh, he's kind of short. Uh, you should start a podcast called The Short Guys, yeah. and then maybe you can get Kevin Hart to come on. Yeah, you know, and finally get Randy Newman to come on. We're just going to squash the beef. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Have you done any uh, stand-up comedy lately? Um, I mean, I, we do our podcast, but no, I haven't. Uh, you haven't done any live stuff? I, I retired from comedy. I don't. I think maybe I did at the time. No, you, didn't. <laughs> you can't retire from being funny. You can do a funny. comeback. It but, just happens. I remember, oh my God, what, uh, I think I brought John Hancuff to town. Him and his friends were touring. I can't remember what they called the tour. It was something funny. And it was all older people with families. Uh, I think one gal and then three guys. And I think you opened the whole thing. Or maybe it was someone and you were second. Do you remember this? Was this the, there the, were like the six Star Trek comedians. band? Oh. I don't think there was a band. I think it was like six comedians. Oh, maybe. Um... One guy opened and, and said it was his first time ever. And there might have been a gal who said it was their first time ever. And it's just kind of that awkward, mm-hmm. like, you know, have the timing That's right. That's not a good way to start your first. <laughs> Guys, this is my first time. It's going to suck. It's really like my 
60th time, you know. Yeah, I don't know. That's the kind of thing might be Giants way to do it. There's a lot of times where there'll be like, this is the first time we've played this. Go easy on That's us. That's always a good bit. Yeah, yeah. We're like, we fuck it up. We're going to fuck it up. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I remember you saying some really funny stuff. Uh, didn't you like, yeah, it sounds like crucify it. yourself at a, at a oh, show? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had somebody make a cross. And we hung, uh, we hung uh, White Castle from it. <laughs> I don't think you can be canceled for things that don't make any sense. <laughs> no. Did you hang the actual food from it? Yeah. Or, it was I don't like think to, I went to that show. Or the packaging. Oh, no. We... I, I I did not get crucified at any show. I don't know. He's probably thinking about. Did wait? Did you go know. to a passion play? <laughs> Is that? Yeah, what? I saw Ted Cruz perform <laughs> Passion of the Christ. Oh wow! Why must you persecute me? That fucking asshole talking about. God damn! Just, there's so many tangents. Just angry. Was that your stomach? Yeah, rumbling? sorry about that. Oh I my god! It, I think the mic picked, it picked that it up. up. Yeah, Jesus. I should have ate something before. Bad sorry, podcast man. etiquette. I should have picked you up. A, should have been a eating croissant. something on the mic. Yeah, oh yeah, that's the best thing to do: smack your lips and chew on something. Uh, I guess if there's any other lyrics, there's a lot of repetition in these lyrics, mm-hmm. which is fine because uh, you're driving home a message. He, I mean, there's like three cor- four choruses in this that are the same. That's very rare in the MIP Giant song to have four choruses and not have one with a different lyrics or something like this. Like they'll they'll repeat lyrics but four times. Yeah. Um, out from the kitchen to the bedroom to the hallway. I guess it's just the only like one we haven't one. talked about. Yeah. Your friend apologizes. He could see it my way. He let the con- so blaming it on drinking. You br- you mentioned that before, like an hour ago. <laughs> uh, from the yeah. bedroom to the hall. Yeah. So the, yeah. <laughs> so the sweat drips off his racist oh, balls. No. Uh, I got the explicit logo. Um, <laughs> you know, dropping some. Ra- wasn't that uh uh. Which rapper said that? Um, Yin Yang Twins, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Bing Bong Twins. Or... <laughs> the Ching Chong Ding Dong Twins. Well, have you heard the, the uh, Lonely Island version of it? They're, uh, they're probably? like, wait till you see my penis. <laughs> 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 they're like, you're going to like my penis. I'm going to need to put a double explicit logo <laughs> next to this one. I In the description, I will definitely say, you know, do not let your wow. children listen. This was to not my intention. Grades. Uh, so he's blaming it on being drunk and mm-hmm. God, there's a whole thing I'm, I will not make public here. Some, some fan drama between two, they might be giants fans, uh, someone doing something while they were drunk to another person and mm. me getting, they're both telling me about it. And I'm like, I don't want to be in the middle of this. There are two people I've never even met in person, but, uh, definitely one person being totally in the wrong and blaming it on being drunk. I've yeah. never drank in my life. I have no tolerance for that kind of, uh, behavior or reasoning like fuck off you drank too much that's a problem (laughs) right that's not a reasonable excuse like you did this thing like this these actions or these words were in you somewhere and the alcohol let them come out you weren't you didn't just come up with these original thoughts you Mm -hmm. had never had these thoughts before until you got drunk no Mm -hmm. you had never thought about you know hitting a woman before you got drunk no like that's not like maybe it, it loosened your your inhibitions and and to hold something back but a racist person being drunk the racism didn't come from the alcohol it came from their brain and the alcohol helped them uh whoops yeah let it out and nowadays it's you can't say anything is how they you can't can't say what i want yeah let's let's start a new social media thing called what was it parlor 
Oh yeah, is I that still going? That's funny. I have no idea. Hey, ever, oh, hey, my fellow <laughs> racist politicians, let's come on over here. We can say anything we want. Crickets. I think people left that because there was a rule. Because there's that's how it is for any sort of message. Yeah, then the company. No matter like, how racist you want, I love like that. There's admins for like these 4chan <laughs> stuff that are like have to deal with that. Like it's so absurd. Oh, God, being a yeah, being an admin for a 4chan thing. No, Let's say spank rock. Did me yelling no, just ignore that call. That's what it seemed like. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> and the ringing is not coming through on the episode. I'm Siri's here. doing God, her this job. Edit. Yeah. This edit. Yeah, Siri. Hey, Siri, <laughs> tell him to fuck off. Uh, can't shake the devil's hand and say you're only kidding that the Flames brought that line up, too. There's so many great lines in this song, but there's really only two verses. Yeah, there's two verses. A big bridge, instrumental bridge, with two different styles in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the kind of song that deserves repetition because then people can sing along with it. Even the first time they've heard it, they could probably sing a lot of that chorus yeah. by the fourth time it comes. This is what I would tell people. This is a song that um, I would call this a San Francisco song. What does that mean? Because it has a big bridge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Greg just oh, left. <laughs> my snare and my cymbals are off. I would have gone over there and done a rim shot for you, a real rim shot. I'll have to sample it in there. Gadunksh. Yeah. Uh, my kids do that for me all the time. Dad jokes. Yeah. Yeah. On the electronic drum kit. Yeah, they just uh-huh. go over. <laughs> <laughs> they're, 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 they look up to, um, animal from Muppet babies. So, you know, animal is the, the first entrance into drummer love. Like, yeah. It's my drumming hero. <laughs> yeah. A year ago when I did the greatest drummers tournament on Facebook, were you in on that? Were you voting on that? Where I think I, no, I we're talking about yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, drummers, I right? I put Animal in there. Yeah, that's I think awesome. he passed through to the second he's round. He's got but... great energy. Who, oh who doesn't want to drum like Animal? And stuff like like he's <laughs> faced off against Dave Grohl and stuff like yes. that. Did he face off against Gene Krupa back in the day? I think Maybe. he did. I think that was the first one, Gene Krupa versus Animal. <laughs> you should look it up. It's fantastic. Okay. So I think we need to plow through some live versions. What do you think? Yep. And all these, like, I'll just play the first bit if you need to remind yourself which one it is, because there's so many. So the first one, obviously, we got to play is before Flood even came out. Uh, It's not the very first performance, but the oldest thing I could find. uh, Let me jump to museumofidiots.com real quick and see. I love the 90s appearance of this, but it is updated often. Just the design has not been updated. Museumofidiots.com is the place to get bootleg recordings. Um, The first time your racist friend was played let's just make sure that is not available because 89 is the first that i have okay june 17th 6 17 88 let's see if we got that 6 17 88 incomplete wow incomplete yeah this i mean look yeah, at how many recordings there are of live awesome. shows these are mostly full live shows unless they say incomplete yeah it's it's insane i think this officially makes them a jam band in my opinion <laughs> you got yeah and so deadheads they could be like skull heads or something yeah right yeah, yeah that sounds cool yeah <laughs> skull heads patent pending uh <laughs> let me just make sure let's see because i we can listen to this for the very first time if your racist friend it says incomplete let's see if your racist friend is in this folder come on nope that's one that oh, did not man. get okay well, Bummer. that's one of the oldest. It's like the sixth oldest that recording I have on here. Uh, earliest known bootleg is June 1987. Uh, so the first performance was June 1988. But mm-hmm. the oldest one that we have, we're going to play right now from 
the puck building. The fuck building. In New York City, 1989, your racist friend. This next song is about a real life experience of going to a party and having a drunk guy put his face in your face. And, which of course is kind of a universal theme, but this song is a little bit different. This song is called Your Racist Friend. If he's giving it that kind of intro in a New York show, and you can tell it's going to be the first time we go to Stagnant guitar solo. Drum machine stays about the same accordion solo instead. I like it. Dissonance and stuff, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was cool. Alright, so then the next one we're gonna play is on Letterman. Old VHS rip up to <laughs> YouTube. I love how it looks. I love these rips. Oh, yeah, I, I I do too. Love them. '90s bands on TV is the channel. Oh, I got. I might have to check that out. So here's Letterman. We're all set. Everyone is ready. We're ready to go. Our next guest made their network television debut right here on this very program last year. Here is their new album called The Flood, and it's been getting excellent the reviews. Flood? They will be at I the Beacon Theater tomorrow night, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome back to the show. They might be giants. Yeah. I love when they use the different shows' house bands as yeah. their backing band. I was gonna say I love how they come out too, like yeah. the, rest, the rest of the band. Yeah, the. Oh yeah, I love when Paul Schaefer is playing with them. Yeah. This is where the party ends. I'll just sit here wondering how you stand by your racist friend. I know politics bore you, but I feel like a hypocrite talking to you. You and your racist Yeah, can you imagine being in the studio audience and seeing <laughs> Yeah, that would be like amazing, this? yeah. Someone bringing out an accordion. I mean, it would either be Weird Al or them. I miss that. Just like uh, I don't know if there'll ever be that kind of feeling with like a live late night show. I guess like Saturday Night Live is probably the closest thing. But yeah, yeah. I mean, Arcade Fire brought an arcade uh, brought a hurdy gurdy out onto <laughs> one of their songs when they first played, and it, I'm pretty sure a court, one of the accordion songs got played when they were on. And then like December S. I mean, those kind of bands coming up in the early mm-hmm. aughts. But in 1990, let's just see how they do the bridge. Talking to you, you and your racist friend. Got him jumping around. I look, yeah, 
when Flans encourages the. Uh, oh, that is Anton Fig. He had long hair though. Mm-hmm. So it's a full-on accordion solo. Flans and whatever that other guitarist mm-hmm. name is jumping around. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, part. he did the yell. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Everyone should go watch it just because it's. It's great. They're yeah. so cute. And yeah. Dressing like their dads <laughs> was in full effect then. Uh, so then, was this one any different? This 1992 one. I mostly want to check the bridges. You know, <laughs> see how they do the bridges. So here's 1992, 10, 18, 1992, Variety Arts in New York. New York gets all the stuff. It's like they're starting it out with the bridge. Started it off with a guitar feature. That's cool. So then here's the bridge. Sax solo. Oh, nice. So here it sounds a little more. It's getting jam bandy. It's getting well. It's getting South African. South African pop. Uh, cool. So then uh, let's see. I mean, the one I was thinking about skipping is the one that was like on the radio, Universal Buzz uh-huh. Radio. People could go find that. Uh, the downloads widely available, I believe, on museumofidiots.com. You can find it. Uh, then uh, the Flood Show officially released on Team BG Unlimited. Uh, that one, again, is is less notable, but let me just make sure. Uh, but this one you can find around the fan community. Came out on Unlimited in 2001. The Flood Show, this, this is November 30th, 2000. So mm-hmm. the Band of Dance. Marty was not yet in the band. Dan Hickey was the drummer. Danny Weinkoff and Dan Miller. So here they're up to a quintet. Mm-hmm. I thought we were going for the home run thing on that one. I was confused. Oh, we forgot a song. There must have been a misprint on my memory. We, we forgot one of the songs? Yeah. Yeah. How excellent. Yeah, well, let's, let's, let's do it then. It's, um, it's your racist friend. You know, I, I have to say, I was actually copying it off the record today, and, um, and pretty much everyone in this room is like, that's disgusting, you don't know the... Uh, like, you have any idea how many songs are on this record? So uh, this is a song we like to call Your Racist Friend. And this is how it goes. It's off the, the very popular Flood album by the MIP Giants. And uh, it starts uh, with an E minor chord, fellas. Everybody ready? Ready. 
This is where Very ska. Yeah. I like it. And that organ tone instead of accordion. Mm-hmm. That I've ever attended If anything was broken I'm sure it could be mended My head is tired From this bobbing and pretending To some bullet head And the madness that he's saying This is when party ends I just sit here wondering How you So then is that Miller? That might still be playing. Okay. He might have continued to take that solo. You, I mean, it's even crazier. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now here's Miller. Yeah. You can even hear it in the panning. Like, the crazy one, I think, has got to be playing. And then here's... I'm, I don't know. It kind of sounds like I'm listening to Fish right now. <laughs> it's hard to Fuck tell. Off. Fish sucks. <laughs> wow. Are you a Fish fan? Um... I'm accept I'm accepting of fish fans just as I am ICP fans and I'm willing to learn about their I have no problem with their fan base or the guys in the band. I just do not want to listen to them ever. <laughs> <laughs> the keyboard part's cool. Stays on that one note. Alright, let's move on. <laughs> oh, it was, that's so much good I mean, this is like the twisting episode. It's a big it's, song, yeah. Oh man. So then we need to play the official release uh, live in Australia. Very worth getting. Um, I think it might be currently free from directly from TMG.com. It was for a while at least. So 2015, uh, they did, they released this. Oops, that is not it. There were so many, like, <laughs> this is attached to 14, your racist friend. This is. one of their heaviest songs from that era for sure i'm always wanting bigger guitars on the new songs mm-hmm. like when i heard synopsis lakers on buck i'm like yes distortion if anything was broken i'm sure it could be mended my head is tired from this bobbing and pretending this to some bullet head the madness that he's saying this is where Miller's doing along with that organ part. It's uh definitely feels a lot fuller. What's that? It feels a lot fuller here, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, the production's great. You know, it's from the board. Yes. It's gotta be flames. And then Miller. Sounds like they traded solos. Mm. That'd be fun to play. That's Miller flexing his like legit trained guitarist chops. And it's somewhere along the way they started bringing down that that last chorus. I think as they're like, there's four choruses, we gotta make one quiet. 
Uh, so then we definitely have to play. They got one show off in 2022. And then Flane's car on the way back from the Bowery mm-hmm. Ballroom was T-boned by a drunk driver. And Flane's fractured seven ribs is still recuperating as of now. But So this is Peter Gritch recorded that one show at the Bowery Ballroom. Um, and let's listen to that. God, they were just so happy to be playing again post-COVID and then immediately ruined by a drunk driver. Yeah, this is great. This is you can hear the crowd. Everyone was so happy to be there. It's got a party vibe song to it. <laughs> so it's very, uh, very sing-along. If you go to Miscellaneous T and go to the Downloads tab, download this whole thing. Like, the banter's amazing. Like, yeah. you can just set, like, just the happiness in the room <laughs> and then immediately dash by a drunk fucking driver. Yeah, I'm going to do that. It's, it's amazing. Let's hear the bridge. Oh, they have Kurt Raymond Trumpet. His, his high range is incredible. When we saw them in 2018 in Indy, mm-hmm. Car and I, both being brass players, we would just look at each other and just laugh at the absurdity of these notes he was hitting. Like the last note of Dr. Worm is played by Mark Pender of mm-hmm. Conan O'Brien's band. Also famous for his high range and his circular breathing where he could play a note oh, yeah. for like three minutes straight. But Kurt Ram was hitting those notes. It's unbelievable. Even in When Will You Die, which is a song where they sped up the recording and bumped it up two full steps, it sounds like a piccolo trumpet, which is a thing, but he was hitting those notes too. Like, unbelievably high notes. It's covers time. What do you think? Covers time? Should we listen to it swing? (laughs) Sure. All right. So this is uh, Australian. Oh, wait. Is he Australian too? Mick Thomas? I believe so. Mick. Mick Thomas. Let's listen. Mick Thomas and the sure thing, Paddock Bomb, live at the Queenscliff Festival. Or is he British? Let's look about it. Oh, yeah. It's fun doing it. Mick, Australian for Michael. Racist friend And I know 
So you told me you didn't really like this one, huh? You, are um, you not a rockabilly kind of Brian Seltzer fan? Nah, I wouldn't say so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can. Uh, there's a lot of other. Like, I'm big Link Ray fan. So I mean, I don't know. It depends. Yeah, I could take it or leave it, but it's fun. Like, yeah. Because the intro. I don't hate it. You don't it. even recognize it as being that song. No, no, not at all. So he is from uh, Australia as well. Oh, okay, yeah. I can see why as an audience, because, you know, it seems like a fun... Yeah. Fun little Yeah, concert. people are dancing, I'm sure. Drinking Fosters. So this came out in Koalas. 2007. And it's a live album. Yeah. Oops. Almost like a pop punk uh, chorus here. Yeah. The way it's it, <laughs> arranged It's still there. swung, but yeah, yeah, the arrangement there. Okay, and then uh, let's save Body Jar for last. All right, so guest <laughs> host, Joel Yellowitz, friend of the show, part of the cover's crew. This is his version off the They Might Be Shitposting Flood comp, which only has two versions of Eurasis Friend, and the other one is Vernon Harnon just uh, doing a spoken word version of the lyrics. <laughs> so we, will Always play. Good. We, we can skip that one, but people can go find it. This is where the party ends I can't stand here listening to you And your racist friends I know politics bore you But I feel like a hypocrite talking to you And your racist friends It was the loveliest party that I've ever attended I'm sure it could be mended My head can't tolerate this bombing So this Joel Yalowitz playing everything Is there a female vocal in there? It kind of sounds like it, I guess Yeah, it's hard to tell um, Anna in Canada, which I believe is a woman name their partners there is a high vocal okay yeah, like that's his own thing in the break yeah that's cool this is cool what is that I think it's a flute patch on a keyboard oh okay yeah nice it sounds pretty organic I like it. I'll have to ask him. Cool. And then, uh, let's see. The Chest Hairs, which people have got to go watch this video. The ch- <laughs> Funny name. The Chest Hairs. Hair a like band. a rabbit. H-A-R-E. And just this group here. They uh, Is it a family band? I mean, the drummer is like 12. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's this is definitely- awesome. It's definitely... Couple like everyone else is old, and then it's someone's kid drumming. It's gotta be, but it's so heavy and rocking. Yeah, they look like they would be like Trump. I'm not trying to like uh, be too judgmental, but I mean, they're white white women that look like they could support Trump, and they're singing this song, so it's kind of cool <laughs> to flip that Come over. On, just because they don't have cool fashion sense. <laughs> but yeah, three women, two just singing. One of them checking the lyrics and stuff. Yeah, the drummer. Bass player's woman. Old guy with a big old gray beard playing guitar, playing it loud. I like it. And a young drummer. (laughs) And there's pictures on the wall at like 
they're really crooked. They're very crooked. <laughs> you know, I had to put this blue putty behind these oh, because yeah. when we play, the low tones would... And it was just really bugging me. <laughs> they were all cockeyed. I'd straighten them out. Yeah, that would... Like, <laughs> I love it. Let's see how they do the bridge, and then we can score the song and be done. Oh, who's this guy? What? Oh, my God. (laughs) I didn't make it this far. What is he saying? There's a guest vocalist comes in with a cowboy hat. <laughs> I will build a wall. Oh, he's reading Trump here. It's from a Trump speech. He's reading a Trump speech. Got a um, uh, what's his name from B52s? Uh, Schneider. So this is an anti-Trump version. There. <laughs> fantastic. It's such a great song. It's um, it's unfortunate in a lot of ways that uh, just Trump and stuff kind of brought this back in a way. But it's yeah. a good way to... And the Chris Christie, the thing, the video. Hmm. Chris Christie having Trump as his racist friend in the back of that speech. And he's just like, oh, God. Oh, I didn't even know about that. But I'm glad I... No, way. No, I'm not glad I know that. No. You're just yeah, commenting on people Facebook. people like, I guess I have to support this idiot. <laughs> Trump's a bullet head, that's for sure. And then, unfortunately, we were saving this cover for last... And then forgot to do it. So I'm plugging this in now. It's the Aust- another Australian band, punk band called Body Jar. And I'm not going to get Greg's thoughts on it, but you got to hear this one. This is what saying this is what So good. Okay, back to the recording with Greg. So we have to score this song. 
What do you think, man? These flood songs, it's tough. It is legendary tough. album. What, legendary song. I forget the scoring system. Uh, zero to ten. 10 yeah. uh, decimals. You know, pitchfork style. Mm. If you need decimals. Oh man, it's probably uh, it's high up there for me. I'm gonna yeah. say like a nine. <sighs> yeah. Off of flood, it is one of the songs where. There's just so much going on. Like, it's got that great message. There's only two verses. There's a lot of repetition, but it's a great sing-along song with obviously a message that I would hope every They Might Be Giants fan can get behind. We're, we're pretty <laughs> progressive people. I would be surprised. Even if there are Republican <laughs> voters, they know that They Might Be Giants as a band are left-leaning. Flans, like, on Twitter and stuff, he doesn't hold back. He doesn't care. He doesn't want racist friends uh, of the band Right? He he would weed him out, you know, with his tweets. Well, I think that's what's important about the song, too, is it's not just, uh, I don't want to re- talk to this racist person. It's not called racist person. This is about the person who has the racist friend. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, he's saying it, your racist friend, yeah. right? So his friend is a friend of a friend, right? Exactly, yeah. I'm going 9.2, man. I'm going higher than you. I think this song just, uh, and that's very rare, but nine, it's definitely in the nines. This I is one. It. It's not a perfect 10, but... It's got three genres going mm, for it. I love it. the dichotomy and like it's simple but complicated at the same time, which yeah. is something I love about this band when they yeah. pull it off and they pull it off quite a bit. So. This is a song that very much encapsulates the band in a certain way. Lyrically, not as much because yeah. it's not an interpretations kind of song. You know, it's right there on the surface, but it shows their political side in a way where it's it's catchy. You're talking about this racist guy, but it's poppy as hell. Then it's got the the metal part. <laughs> Then it goes poppy again, but like in a South African way, and then back to like the alternative rock. Uh, it's, yeah, fantastic song. All right, plug, uh, what you got going? Oh, my. Um, oh, my. Yeah, oh. <laughs> uh, working on a lot of things. Um, but uh, the thing, I, I think if people want to go and look up, like Google Two Minutes in Indiana, got a um, track on that where it was a project. Um, Two minutes in Indiana. Two, mi- two minutes in Indiana. Yeah, Oops. it's. Um, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they did a curates um, to get a vinyl for it, and so if, um, I don't know if they're going to sell vinyl on the Bandcamp page for it. But uh, the idea was uh, for Indiana musicians, some like outsider musicians, and cool all kinds to uh, do a two-minute instrumental, just of like a feeling of Indiana or what Indiana means, living in Indiana means to them. So that sounds fun. I would check so- on there. Yeah. So where where do people find it? Uh, yeah, just Google two minutes in Indiana. It should come up. Um, yeah, it's been two minutes <laughs> in Indiana. I was trying to save that till the end and just say that it's been great. Like, but you Sorry, beat me to it. No, no, that's cool. Yeah, it's been. <laughs> yeah, it's the first. Uh, two hours since we started records. the podcast. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, Ameliorate Records. Cool. So can you stream it, or is it still in the works? Um, oh, the no, there, there the is works. a Bandcamp camp page, too. Yeah, that cool. one's... Uh, so should I play your thing? Should I drop? In? Yeah, you can. Yeah, that's that's fine. Nice. The one song I have on there, it's instrumental and it's a uh, silly. Uh...
And then, um, yeah, I do have a new podcast called uh, Trading Rex, and we've done three episodes. And um, we're what's on, the deal with that? What's the theme? Yeah, so um, my friend Jaron and I, uh, we've always like um, just. We're really big fans of listening to full albums and that full album experience. Yeah. And we'll like, um, we've made mixes and sometimes we'll recommend a full album based on like for whatever theme or like reason. Um, and that's really what the show is. So for the first episode, I, my, the theme was um, an album that we would give recommend to somebody that kind of like yeah. explains who we are. <laughs> oh, <laughs> kind of like, fun, yeah. So, uh, can but, I come on it? Yeah, we'd love to have you. Uh, we're, we would love to have some guests. A lot of musician guests would be great. Um, Sweet. We're kind of on a hiatus because uh, Jaren's getting his internet fixed. Uh, he's in a new place waiting for internet. But we'll be back with a lot of ep- weekly episodes. Um, nice. Is it on all the platforms? Yes, yes. Most of the the good ones. Go find it, people. Uh, and it's got, say the title again. Um, Trading Rex. And yeah, Trading Rex. You'd like this for the first episode we did. Um, Dare to be stupid was the one that I recommended. <laughs> or they... <laughs> And uh, Jaren did um, uh, Kate Bush's The Dreaming. Okay. And it was just a, a yeah. coincidence with the, her current yeah. popularity. But well, and that's not, I mean, The Hounds of Love is the one where yes, yeah. Running Up the Hills from. It's interesting to look at those two albums together, too. Yeah. God, you know, Dare to be Stupid, that could be one that could describe me. Because even <laughs> before I found out about the MMP Giants, before I knew much rock at all, I mean, that was one of my very it's first so cassettes. I still have it up on the shelf yeah. up there, Dare to be Stupid. And off the deep end. One more minute is like probably his best vocals, I think, that he's done. And just dare to be stupid. Like, and then when I found out years later about Devo, you know, (laughs) I was like, oh my God. And then I was like, wait, is dare to be stupid a cover of Devo? And it was harder to find those things out back then. And I found out it wasn't. I'm like, but it sounds just like Devo. I'm like, oh, it's one of the, you know. I think it's weird to say for that, oh, this is legit good for a Weird Al song or it's serious because, you know. Growing up, it's just songs. They're good. Yeah. yeah. He is, yeah, I, there are so many songs I know his lyrics better. I mean, American Pie, I hate that fucking song. I <laughs> yes. can sing, like, if it comes on at a wedding that. or whatever, which most of my friends are married off at this point. I don't have to go to as many They weddings, know better but, than to do that to you. Oh, my God. Steve? <laughs> I'm calling out Steve. They played American Pie at your wedding. You probably just didn't put it on the no playlist. That's one thing where, like, it's a white people wedding, a white DJ, <laughs> And it's the end of the night. Mm-hmm. There's only like 10 people up there dancing. Let's put on American Pie to get all the white people singing. Mm-hmm. And then the party's over. Yep. Because you're... And then I swoop in. Yeah. And I'm requesting uh, Scatman. No! <laughs> on a loop. I'm requesting Mambo Number 5. My <laughs> least... My most hated song of all time. Did you see the local, uh, real quick, uh, the baseball <laughs> team here, Aviators or whatever? The, there's what did a, they do? Uh, there's a contest by the radio bob okay. fm to uh be the dj for a night and you can play whatever you want oh my god <laughs> i was like i just play scat man <laughs> I'm scat. all right next we got scat man again <laughs> coming up it's the newest hit it's fresh on the airways fresh i just got it in the right. studio it's scat man <laughs> i love it and it's a remix i'm a scat man <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. Man, thanks for being on the show again. Let's yep. go do our adult 
shit yes it's uh, been great yeah it's been great <laughs> to be on the show yeah man let's get a loud high five on oh it's so cool on mic <laughs> yes all right <laughs> <laughs>